continues the 10th message on the saints of Jesus. And uh, this, this particular message is really important. And uh, I want to go into it. Uh, and after I'm through with this, it's time to go to the airport. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your great people. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. In this uh, message, we're going, to, going into uh, a different section of the saints of Jesus. Remember, I said, Jesus said his, in his word, if anyone hears the saints of mine and practices my saying, then I will liken that person to be a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And that rock is Christ. And no matter what comes against your life, when you are planted in Christ, you are not going to go down. When it's all over, you'll be standing. I don't care if it's a hurricane. Whatever it is that the enemy throws at you, whatever it is that life throws at you, if you do his things, when it's all over, you will be standing. You will go back. Those that haven't done his sins, Jesus said he'll liken them to be the foolish ones that have not done his sins and they planted their house, their life on sand. So when the hurricane comes and the winds blow and the floods come, the rain, then they fall. And Jesus said, Great will be that fall. So I like, and you like to be planted on that rock. And in this section, Jesus started talking to us about money. Because money is a very important part of life. If you live in this world, you have to deal with money. And so he has to tell us from God what to do with money. Now, in life, a man is considered successful if you have money. And if you have fame, generally if you have a lot of money, you can make yourself famous if you want to. Money is what we look into and determine whether a person is successful or not. It in, in, the mind, in the minds of the worldly people, it doesn't matter what's going on in a man's life. If he has money, he is successful. His life may be falling apart. He may be in one marriage after another marriage. They don't care. He is successful because he has money. He has fame. He can do whatever he wants to do. So money it determines success for us the way we see it. But God wants us to see success in life and to look at money and have an attitude towards money that is different from the world. And we really need to understand this. So, and this is what he tells us. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, he says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So put everything together. Put things in perspective. Think about what you're doing. The most precious thing you have in life is your soul. You must realize that. The most precious thing that God has given to you is your soul. You cannot give your soul in exchange for anything else. Your soul, God who made your soul, he knows the value of your soul. 
You cannot sell your soul out for anything in this world. Your soul is your, the, the most prized possession that you have. Maintain that soul. Make time for your soul. The only thing that will make your soul fat is your relationship with God. Don't get too busy chasing after other things and forget your soul. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? If you can be the king of the universe, the, I mean the king of this world, and you own everything and you lose your soul in the mind of God who created you, he says you gained nothing. You were stupid. You didn't act right in life. You lost your soul that God gave to you. So it's your responsibility to take care of your soul. It's your responsibility to keep your soul and not to lose your soul. It's your responsibility. So what are you doing with your soul? How are you handling your soul? The most prized possession that God has given to you. Are you careless about it? Other things mean more to you than your soul. You give more time to other things than your soul. You only have one life to live. And this life in the mind of God, the most valuable thing is given to you. He wants you to take care of it. Your soul. And the way to take care of it is to hand it over to the Lord Jesus and serve him. And love him all the days of your life. Your soul will love you for it. Your soul will love you for it. So money, fame cannot be compared to your soul. You can lose fame. You may not be famous. But if you keep your soul, you've kept the good part. You may not have riches. But if you keep your soul, you've kept the good part. You can be known all over the world. But in the mind of God, the unseen things are more precious than the things that are seen. All of those things are temporary. They will all vanish away. You will be forgotten. Nobody will mention your name. He's all gone. I remember the story of James Brown. You know, when he was really popular, you know. And then there was a time nobody heard about him. And he was sitting in, the, in, in, in first class with this uh, young black lady. And uh, she, didn't say, she didn't know who he was. Because it was time for Michael Jackson, right? And nobody knew anything about him. That was when Michael Jackson was really big, you know, and all of that. And so everybody was, Michael Jackson, who is James Brown? And he said, a younger lady, not his generation. And she was sitting by his side. And uh, finally he got frustrated. He said, do you know who I am? And the girl said, who cares? Why should I know who you are? He says, I'm James Brown. He says, she says, so? <laughs> what does that mean? You can quickly be forgotten. You're gone. Your soul is the most important thing that you have. Take care of your soul. Spend time with your God. Draw closer to God so that God will feed your soul and your soul will be fat. There's nothing more. You know, treasure means different things to different people. What you treasure may not be what I treasure. You know, so they said one man's trash is another man's treasure. He wants it. So treasure for the uh, corporate guy living in New York 
is different in the mind of uh, a bush guy in Africa. Uh, the African bushman, you heard about that? He doesn't care about all of you. If you give him a cell phone, he says, what is this? <laughs> you can have your cell phone. What can I have? What's that? So treasure is different. Now, Jesus spoke to us about how to handle the things that we treasure in this life. Now, for the most part, especially in the Western world, there are two things that are real treasure to us. Our time and our money. Your time and your money. I can follow what's going on with your time and what you're doing with your money and I can determine what kind of person you are. What you do with your time and what you do with your money tells me what's going on in your life. So Jesus puts it this way. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where mud and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How are you going to do that? Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, your heart follows your treasure. <laughs> your heart, your real being, the core of your being, your, the core of your emotions, everything that you are follows your treasure, your heart. Your heart is the real you. Your heart is your real person. That's when God says heart, God is referring to the real you. When God refers to your heart, when God says your heart is f- far from me, he's saying you are far from me. That's who he recognizes, your heart. Your emotions, everything is tied up there. Now, your heart always follows your treasure. Where you have your treasure. That's why it's so difficult for some individuals that refuse to do things. That's why I just told you. You can't be in church and not be doing anything. You understand what I'm saying? When you are not giving your time to something, your heart is not there. So it's not right to be a member of a church and sit there every Sunday. You ask, what can I do? You can never take ownership of what's going on. Your heart won't be because you haven't put your treasure there. You, your treasure is not there. When you refuse to give to the work of God, your heart won't be with God because your heart follows your money. You can't love God. You can't even think about the church. You can't even think about souls getting lost, lost and going to hell in the world. That's not you because your heart is not there. You haven't invested into it. I used to wonder how a man can actually love a child that is not biologically their child adopted and they are willing to give everything they want for for this child they are willing to go out at night if the child is in trouble they cry and, and they do whatever I could, they could to, to help this child that is not really their child only a child by adoption why? I'll tell you why because they spent a lot of time with that child amen when they cried they met their needs they took care of them 
And then as they do that, they feed them, they spend money, they spend time, they go places with them, they follow their interests. And before long, that child is yours. Amen? Their heart follows their money and their time, their treasure. Can you understand what I'm saying? Can you, you get what I'm saying this, this morning? Your heart follows it. That's the way God has created us. Your heart naturally will follow it. What does that mean? When you start working for God, finding something to do in the house of God, giving your money to the work of God, guess that's where you're putting your treasure, right? Your heart follows it. Before long, it's your father's business. And you're ready to fight for it. You will contend for it. And if somebody is trying to bring it down, you get mad. Because it's your father's business. But if you put no time to it, you don't put your money to it, you find excuses to do other things, your heart will be with whatever you're doing. Whatever you're giving your money to. That's where your heart is going to be. That's where your treasure is. That's the truth, the valuable truth, something that Jesus is giving to us so that you know that this is the way you can plant yourself on the rock so that you don't go down when something happens. When bad things come, you are planted on the rock. And this is just one way to do this. You give your time, your treasure. He says, put it up in heaven. You know, you store it up in heaven. Sometimes you take care of people, they turn around and they hurt you. Did that happen to anybody? You think you're doing them good and then all of a sudden they turn around and they're mad at you and they don't want to speak to you. <laughs> when you store your treasure on the earth, you're not going to get much for it. It will be devalued. <laughs> but when you store your treasure in heaven by giving time to God's work, by giving your money to God's work, guess what? Nothing can touch it. It will bring blessing into your life and to your children's children's life. That's the important thing about this. Where your treasure is, your heart will follow. One thing that Jesus taught us in this section that is so important. He says that your heart, your eye can become bad. Your eye can become bad. And and this is the way he puts it. He says in in, in, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 22, he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. This is God giving us revelation. He says, the only way to see is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. You can't see light if you're blind. Everything will be dark. And you feel dark. You know, when you turn off the light, everything is dark. You Sometimes if, it's, if you come in out from real bright light and you turn off the light, you can't even see your own hands. That's happened to you. You can't see anything. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Is Jesus talking about the natural eye? No. I'll tell you what he's talking about. He says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one. So he tells you where he's going with this. Okay? (laughs) No one can serve two masters. He's still talking about money. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. I mean, despise means not even care about what the the other one needs. Despise the other. You cannot serve God and riches. 
Jesus said, cannot. Brothers and sisters, hear it. Cannot serve God and riches. It's not possible. You cannot do it. You have to make a choice. If you are a Christian and you are focused on success and wealth, there's that the, the, the kingdom of God and the wealth of the kingdom of God, your own success, before long, your eye will be bad. And co- guess what cost it? Your treasure. Your eye will get bad. And then your whole life will be full of darkness. Now notice something. When your eye become bad as a Christian, and your life is being filled with darkness, you most likely won't be aware of it. You think everything is still okay. I still go to church. I still do these things for God. But your eye is gone bad. And then, so Jesus said, if the light that you're supposed to have is darkness, how great is that darkness? You, you can't be helped. You think you have light, but you've allowed money and fame and whatever, your treasures, the treasures of this world, to distract you. You are pursuing that to the exclusion of your devotion to God. You have so much to do in work, in life, you have no time to pray anymore. You are so busy, and sometimes it's not just work. You are busy with things that don't have anything to do, that don't have anything to do with God. And you know it. And so you don't have time for God. You don't study your Bible. You you know, you barely go to church unless somebody... All of these things, they are symptoms that your eye has gone bad. You have your focus in a different place. You don't feel it anymore. I know what happens to, uh, to most people who are really devoted to God. If they're in a city and it's Sunday morning, they want to be in God's house. Now, when you can stay there and not feel anything while your brothers are worshiping God, over, over 80% of Americans are doing that on Sunday morning, they don't feel anything about it. Then what is going on? The light that is in them is now darkness, and Jesus said the darkness is really great. You don't feel anything anymore. You don't feel anything anymore. You can't allow the things of this world to distract you. You know, Jesus made it very clear. I mean, Paul made it very clear to us why your eye becomes bad. He says the love of money, not money. The love of money, not money. That's that's wrong. It's the love of money. And a lot of people have that. You know, the love of money is the root, the very root of all evil. Now, let me let you know this. God doesn't compare himself with anything in this world. God is above all things. And nothing on earth can be compared to our God. We sing that, right? Nothing on earth. But God himself compared himself with money. Can you believe this? Money that can talk? God said you can serve God and Money. You will either serve money or you serve God. So God himself is saying money in the human eye can be at the same level as God. And if you choose this God called money and wealth, fame and all of that, your eye will go blind 
and you, have no, you can't serve God. It's not possible to put the two together. Most like most people will say, well, I'm not doing that. But you've seen Christians who can lie. Huh? <laughs> they deal. They are mean. They'll take advantage of you if you let them. All to get a little buck. And, and when they can get it for you, they feel good. Huh? They feel good. That's, you see, but the God of heaven is watching. You cannot serve God and money. You can lie and cheat just to get a little money. He'll catch up with you before long. Because before long, uh, the rain will begin to come down. Mm-hmm. But you saw the, the thing about God is so gracious. <laughs> if you cry back, if you cry out to him, he comes back after you <laughs> and brings you back in. If you find yourself in a place like you need to repent this morning. Repent is change your mind. Go the right way. Christianity is called the way. So Jesus is giving us the way of life. Amen. The way to live life. He's called the way. And this is the way to live. You can't serve God and you serve money at the same time. You will despise one and be loyal to the other. If money is very important, you show it by your action. We can check your, your uh, checkbook. The way you're writing, what you spend your money for, and where you spend your time, your treasure, we can tell who is important to you. Give me your checkbook and let me see how many checks have gone out and for what they've gone out. If I start seeing the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Fellowship, I know where your heart is. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But if I see, see Macy's, Papa, oh, Papa, especially. <laughs> Angela is doing good confession this morning, right? <laughs> and it's all these uh, uh, restaurants and restaurants and restaurants, great restaurants. I know what you love, amen. I know what you love, amen. And if it's all closed, closed, messes, what's the other one they call it? <laughs> exactly. We know what's going on. All these places, we know, boy, she loves to dress. Amen. We know what's going on. But if I see all of Robert's ministry and Kenneth Copeland's ministry, the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Fellowship, all of Robert's ministry, I know where your heart is. Bless you if I see the Ark Fellowship a lot. Amen. (laughs) But your, your heart will always follow your treasure. Where you place your treasure. You see, God is not wanting to take treasure from you. He built us up, right? He knows how we are. He knows the way we are formed. And he knows for you to preserve your soul, the best thing to do is give it away to God's kingdom. Find something to do in God's house. Give some time to it. And your heart will naturally, the way you created, follow after it. Many people want to feel love of God in their heart. When they tell God, they love God. You can't see him. You don't know how to feel. But when you do all of these things for him, you begin to feel something. Amen? And you begin to become, become a real child of God where you feel inside, this is my father's business. i got to do this. You feel compelled. Even when it hurts, it doesn't matter. i got to do my father's business. You hear Jesus say that? i got to be about my father's business. Don't you realize that? 
That's the way you feel inside of you. When you read the life of Paul, I mean, he suffered so much. From place to place, he was whipped, put in prison, spending time, spending his money, sometimes refusing to take offering, using his own personal money to do ministry. He said, I'm ready to give my life for this thing. Contained for the faith. His heart was in it. Why? He said, I worked harder than every one of them. You notice that? I labored more than every one of them. So why did he love God so much? And because he's become such a great saint of God? Because he worked for the kingdom. He put his treasure there. His heart went after it. That's why he's such a great saint. Read the books of history. <laughs> it was amazing when I started reading And they're talking about the people that have actually shaped our world since the world has been. I think Paul is number two. That's an amazing thing. Was he a very wealthy man? No. But he followed the kingdom. And that's what is important. God is not wanting to take money from you. In fact, he wants you to have money. God wants you to be rich. And I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to apologize for that. Because it's scriptural. You see, I stay with Bible. Amen? And I don't stay with human, uh, human opinions. I stay with what I see in the scriptures. God wants you to be rich. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have. Because he says you should labor so you have to give. If you are poor, you can give to the poor. He said give to the poor, Right? When he didn't say you are the poor, he said you give to the poor. The poor can't give to the poor. Otherwise, he gives to the poor and he's expecting bring give me something back. So God wants you to have. But what he doesn't want, he doesn't want riches to have you. He wants you to have treasure, but he doesn't want the treasure to have you. Because that will be wrong. Then the money has become your master and your God. That's what happened with the rich young ruler. You remember him? He had so much money and he wouldn't follow Jesus. I mean, what a privilege. I mean, no greater privilege in life than for Jesus, God himself, to call you by name and say, come and follow me. What more do you want in life? This is God Almighty saying, I need you. Come and follow me. He turned it down. Why? Because money was his God. And he couldn't serve both masters. So we have to decide who. God wants you to have wealth. He doesn't want you to be poor, but he doesn't want wealth to have you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. So God wants you to have wealth to establish the covenant he has with you. So the wealth is just a tool for you to do his work. You give it away for his work. You give it away to the poor to help the needy. You give it away to support God's work on the earth. That's where your, your heart follows after it. And you are establishing his covenant that he has with you in your own life. As you use the wealth that he gives to you. He doesn't want you poor. He wants you to have, but he wants you to give it away. You see, he wants to give to the world. He's a giver. God is a giver. He gave the best, his son. And there's nothing more, there's nothing else that he can give. He can give, but all he's looking for is somebody to put it through. 
But when you keep it to yourself and you try to amass it for yourself and turn your security from God to money that he's putting through you, he says, no, this is not right. You have now turned away from your God and now you're serving money. The one that God wants you to rule over now becomes your master. That's wrong. That is wrong. You see, I feel sorry for a lot of people who fight with me and with preachers. <coughs> Excuse me, and say, well, I can't pay my tithe. I can't, I can't afford to pay it. <laughs> Let me tell you, you, you really cannot afford not to pay your tithe. You really can't. Because every time you say that, every time you do that, you make a statement to God. You see, God always wants you to make a choice, you know. He gets tell you, I put life and death. You choose. <laughs> he wants you to choose every time. And every time you choose not to pay your tithe, because the God himself said, the tithe is the Lord's. And God doesn't bless thieves. You steal from your God, how are you going to be blessed? And you're looking for more. You don't have, and you're still keeping that. You're stealing and from the Lord. Now it's one thing to steal from a man. It's another thing to steal from God. And every time you do that, you are making a statement. God, I don't trust you. I trust the one, the money I already have in my hand. Guess who is your God? The money is your God. You've made your statement. He knows. Jesus said, it's not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into my kingdom. It's those who do the will of my father. You really cannot. I don't argue with anybody. If you don't want to pay your tithe, that's your business. If you want to ha- cut it in half, that's your business. If you're going to tell God how both of you will spend your, his money, you tell him. That's it. He, he, God, I know this is your tithe, but I know that it's better if I can use it to buy some food for my kids. You know, they're hungry. You, go, you can talk to him about that. It's between you and him. Tell him how to spend his money in your hand. He gave it to you. You know what he did with uh, Abraham? He gave Abraham Isaac, right? And then he said, that was the man. The man lived for 25 years to get that boy. 25 years he was praying and believing God to, get, to have Isaac. And then God said, give him, give him to me. I want him. Kill him. Give him to me. Many of us will say, we have heard the voice of demons. This can't be God. This cannot be God. How can God? The guy, Abraham was wise. He didn't tell his wife. The wife would have told him, now you are really old now. You are going insane. You are now beginning to hear from the devil. This is not God. How? How can God? Is he not the one that gave you the son? Right? He gave you the son. You prayed. You remember? Abe. Abe, remember when God promised you and he told me, did you hear it? You told me with your own lips. And now you're telling me this same God told you to kill this boy? Uh, Abraham, you've lost something up here. As that didn't make sense, so is the tithe if you don't have much. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense to do that. But if you give it away, God gives it right back to you. Amen? But this message is not about tithing. It's about trusting God. It's about trusting God to take care of you. 
when you lay up your treasure on the earth and you refuse to give to the work of God because you want to, what you're trying to do is to secure your future. But your future really belongs to God. You can die today and all the money that you set aside is gone. And sometimes your enemies get to get their hands on it. After you're gone and you can fight, you're no longer here. Jesus said, give all to God. And he'll take care of you here and hereafter. Amen? So trust God and don't worry. We go through difficult times in life. Things will come at us. Some of them good. God said, he says, don't worry about food. Don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about clothes. And he's not just limiting it to those two things. Don't worry about your retirement. Don't worry about anything. Just trust me. He says, you, you eat food to grow. You eat food to grow. He says, none of you can add one cubit to your stature. You can't make yourself tall. He's got to come from within. And it's only God giving you and working with your body for you to grow. You can't make yourself grow. I like to grow taller a little bit. Amen. And I like to have, you know, good hair on me, you know. Uh-huh. But, 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 but you don't have anything to do with that. It's God, okay? And God is saying, you don't have to worry. You're just losing more hair that way. <laughs> You're losing more hair that way. Just let me take care of it. Trust me to take care of you. Do what I commanded you to do. And trust me to take care of you. He said, I'll take care of you. Many of I'm speaking to you this morning. Don't, don't strive. Trust God. You've done it your way. You've tried. Turn it over to God. Do what you can do and see what God will do. Then you will have a testimony. Then you can share with people what God is like in your own life. Give him some chance to do something in your life. Amen? Give him room to, do, to work in your life. You haven't seen a miracle. Why don't you try him? He said, try me. God said that. He is not afraid to take a challenge. Try me. I'll show you who God is. Try me. Let go of that and make God your God. Seek the kingdom of God first. Make the kingdom number one. The welfare of the kingdom. If it's your father's business, does it bother you that only 9% of Americans go to church on Sunday morning? Does it make you feel bad? Are you part of that? Are you part of that statistic that you are staying at home while others are in church? What are you doing about it? You're going to act like you've never heard it? Are you a forgetful hearer? Are you going to do something about it? That's what we're talking about. We as a church need to pull together and we're going to say we will put the kingdom of God first. God said, I know you have needs. Everyone in the world, including those that are without, they have needs. But you are my children. You are my children. I know you got needs. I know you, you, you need something to eat. I know you need a brand new car. I know you need a brand new house. He said, they are dying and killing for it. Out there, the people, the people of the world, Gentiles, but for you, no. What I want you to do to get those things is seek my kingdom first. He said, when you seek my kingdom first, and you seek the welfare of my kingdom first, all of these things that they're killing and swindling and doing all kinds of stuff and lying and cheating to get, he said, I will add that to what you already have, the kingdom of God. And there's nothing better than that. I'll add that to you. It will be added to you. The kingdom of God means peace in your own life. And for your children, so when you go, 
you know your children are going to be okay because after you leave, God is still in this world. And his eyes are on your children. Just like he took care of Jacob and he took care of Isaac after Abraham left. He never forgot his covenant. God came from heaven. He said, I, I heard their cry. The children of Abraham. I heard their cry out of Egypt. And I remember my covenant with their father. And I'm come down and I'm going to deliver them. And I, anyone who stands in my way, I will destroy. That's what he said. He made Pharaoh to pay for it, for standing in his way. That's how the same God will fight for you. If you make him first in your life. We cannot be at ease in Zion anymore. The time has come for us to, to do something for our God. Amen? Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Many of us just need to do a simple thing. All eyes closed. Commit your life. And nobody's going to be pleading with you. Commit your life to God. Make a change so that God can do something for your life. All heads bow. Eyes closed. This morning you're saying, I'm going to go to another level in my relationship with God. Wherever you are right now. I am determined this morning. God helping me. I am going to another level. I'm never going to be the same. I need your hand up. Let me see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place. Yes. All over this place. All over this place. Including young people. All over this place. Thank you so much. You commit your life to the Lord. That's important. That's important. And I want you to mean it. You may want to go to sleep tonight and God may speak to you and say, Son, daughter, I want to talk to you. Today, for the first time, you've given me a room to speak to you. I've had that, mo that moment where God tells me, I want to talk to you. And the things that he's spoken to me, they have come to pass. He will do that for you. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Stand up. Stand up with me. As a church, if you consider yourself a part of the Ark Fellowship, I need you to stand with me. I need you to stand with me. We have a work to do. Amen? We have a work to do. And God will bless our effort. And things will go smoother in your life and in my life as we walk together. Whenever we come together in one accord, the Spirit of God is released on us. And great things happen. People come into the kingdom. And lives are changed. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. And again, I would like to remind you, I'll be leaving after service, but our prayer partners will be up here. If you need prayer, I need you to come. Let somebody agree with you. Don't go, with, uh, go away from this place without receiving prayer. Prayer means answer from God for your problem. That's what it means. Prayer is not just for prayer. Prayer means answer for, from God for your need. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your great mercy upon all every one of us. Thank you for your great love for us. Jesus, you are at work in our lives. You are taking us from glory to glory. And we're so grateful that God... We are your children, and we know that you love us, and we love you also. Be with your people today. Make things easy in the areas where they struggle. Make it easy so that they can obtain their inheritance according to your word, O oh God. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.